Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself... Hey everybody, welcome back to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters. I'm your host Chris Zappa and this is episode number 73 and boy, do we have a jam-packed show today. Boy, there's a lot going on and uh, and it's already September. September's well underway. It's hard to believe it. Time's flown by this year. It feels like just yesterday we were starting this year and now we're already moving into fall. I always find that transition to be sort of bittersweet. I love the cooler weather and the falling leaves, and the smell of wood-burning fires and the annual appearance of pumpkin spiced everything. But it's uh, it's also a reminder that another year is drawing to a close. Time to look back at what the year held and start worrying about the holiday season time to bust out my requisite fall playlist also which always includes there's one album i always have to listen to at at the beginning of fall and i pretty much play it all through fall and winter that's uh, an album called the trials of van occupanther by a band called midlake if uh, if you guys are not familiar with that it's one of my favorite albums of all time Uh, i encourage you to listen to it. I'm pretty sure either next week or the week after I'm going to be dropping uh, the entirety of that album in the weekly playlist. But anyway, just because it's fall doesn't mean that things are slowing down in the world of music. Quite the opposite, actually. Things are things are still uh, going ahead, full steam ahead. You know, this past weekend, there was this uh, music festival, Blue Ridge Rock Festival. Uh, it happened in Virginia, or it was supposed to happen in Virginia, I should say. There's uh, tons of videos of people online talking about their horrible experience that, uh, you know, like modern day music festivals are criticized for their lack of organization, making them a chaos chaotic and frustrating experience for attendees from long lines and overcrowded stages to poor communication and delayed schedules. The problems just seem to be endless. The large crowds and the complex logistics make it difficult for festival organizers to maintain order, resulting in just stress and an unpleasant experience for the concert goer. And uh, this past weekend with this Virginia Blue Ridge Rock Festival was was no exception to that, you know. But there are still some festivals that seem to go on or come off without a hitch, rather. I guess, you know, Lollapalooza, they've really got it down from what I understand. I'm sure there are a number of other ones. But uh, anyway, everybody that was trying to attend the Blue Ridge Rock Festival this past weekend did not have a good time. Part of that was weather and part of that was poor organization on the part of the festival itself. I asked a question in the poll a few weeks ago about, you know, are you still attending music festivals or are you over it? Are you too old for that shit? And a large majority of people said that they're they're just too old for that shit or they're just over it and they don't like dealing with all the all the bullshit that's involved. Not to mention the incredible cost associated with going, not just for tickets for for lodging for food you know the whole thing is just a big old drain on the wallet and you can you can catch really good festival footage on youtube these days so that's how i prefer to attend my festivals now that i am uh, almost 50 freaking years old 
Uh, and that made me think about something I was thinking about yesterday. I was riding down the road and uh, Peter Gabriel has a new song out. Uh, and it was playing on the radio and I was just like, man, he still sounds so good. He sat, and, and the thing about it is, you know, being, being this old fucker that I am, um, you know, when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, Peter Gabriel was on the radio all the time. Uh, Sledgehammer was out. That's, and it's still such a great song, but it, it just made me think about how his music still resonates with listeners today, like 40, 50 years after he first started making music and started being played on the radio. Hearing his songs on the radio today is just a testament to the timelessness of his music and the impact that he's had on the industry. And he's still, he's, he's one of those lucky artists that um, still sounds just as damn good today as he did 40 years ago. You know, just to listen to him, you you couldn't tell that he's aged at all. So uh, anyway, thank God for Peter Gabriel is what I'm trying to say, I suppose. I would love to chit-chat a little bit more, but man, we've got too much show, too much ground to cover today. So we're just going to jump into things. Every week I kick things off with a quote from a famous artist. This famous artist is incredibly famous, and he's also in the news this week. Quote comes from Bob Dylan, who said, This land is your land, and this land is my land, sure, but the world is run by those that never listen to music anyway. And if you think about that, that's absolutely true. With the exception of Barack Obama, who still puts out an annual playlist of really great music that he listens to, you never ever hear or or even think about the people that do run things in this country or in this world. You never think about, you know, wonder what kind of music they listen to. Or you, I know that they're a fan of, you know, so-and-so. It just doesn't happen. So anyway, I found that quote to be uh, especially poignant. Every week in the Zappagram newsletter, I run a poll. It's called Rock the Vote. I ask you a question. You give me an answer. Last week's poll, we were talking about festivals, right? And I was asking, not that it's so much a music festival anymore, but I was asking uh, you guys if you have ever attended Burning Man. And, uh, and I was curious what percentage of my listeners would be Burning Man attendees. Turns out, 5% of you, a whole whopping 5% of you, are Burning Man attendees. 95% of you said no. Actually, hell no was the answer you gave. And this week in the poll, this harkens back to what I was just talking about with regard to the Bob Dylan quote about, you know, world leaders and, and music. Um, I'm asking the question, occasionally music and politics intersect. How do you feel about this? The possible answers are, I want to hear about it or I don't want to hear about it. And this is something that I'm really uh, looking forward to your input on because ever since I started the podcast, I've always, there is this intersection between music and politics. There are a lot of times that the two overlap and politics creeps into the music news. And I am interested in that myself personally. I'd like to cover that. But I also recognize how politics has basically infiltrated everything these days. And a lot of people don't want to hear about it, especially especially if you're coming here for music news, you know, maybe you don't want to hear anything that has any any sort of uh, political or leanings or, or whatever. So let me know. Hit the poll up this week. Rock the vote. Let me know how you feel about that intersection of music and politics and whether or not you mind hearing the occasional story in your music news that is, this is also tinged politically or not. I will take my cues from you guys and we'll go from there. 
The podcast is great, and I'm glad that you guys listen, but if you aren't also subscribed to the Zappagram newsletter, you're missing out on some stuff. You can not include an entire playlist of music in a podcast, for example, and every week I put a weekly playlist out with the Zappagram newsletter. This week we're on playlist number 73. This playlist is available on Spotify and Apple Music. This week I'm featuring music from Golden Blue, Safari Room, Full Mood, Jonathan Wilson has a new album out. Got a song on there from him. Houndmouth has done a cover of A Wider Shade of Pale from Procol Harum. Wildermiss has a new song out. Elijah Johnston, S. Carey and John Raymond, Slow Joy, L.A. Lom, La Lom. I'm not sure if you're supposed to pronounce it La Lom or L.A. Lom, uh, L.A. Lom. It's L-A-L-O-M, and it stands for Los Angeles League of Musicians. But anyway, really great stuff from them. Kick-ass new song from the forthcoming Friendship Commanders album is on there, as well as some throwback tunes from The New Radicals and The Verve. All of that available on this week's playlist. I also have a master playlist on both Spotify and Apple Music that has all of the music from all of the weeks that the newsletter has been going. So there's something like several days worth of great music on there for you to uh, to listen to. You can subscribe to that. Favorite it, heart it, add it to your library, and uh, enjoy. And with that, my friends, it is now time to jump into this week's music news. Kicking things off this week, we've got some Beastie Boys news. Mike D and Ad Rock of the Beastie Boys unveiled uh, Beastie Boys Square in New York City on Saturday, September the 9th, just a day or two ago. The corner of Ludlow and Rivington Streets in New York City and the Lower East Side will be officially dubbed Beastie Boys Square with a celebration featuring appearances from both Michael Diamond, Mike D, and Adam Horvitz, uh, Ad Rock. And the, uh, the historic locale was once home to Paul's Boutique, the namesake of the Beastie Boys' uh, pivotal sophomore LP that was released in 1989. Man, it just doesn't feel like it was that long ago. 1989 was so long ago. The eponymous shop was famous featuredly on the Gatefold album cover for that album. Beastie Boy Square gets its new name a decade after Leroy McCarthy, who's a bit of a uh, hip-hop historian in New York City, he launched a petition to rename the street corner in Manhattan's Lower East Side neighborhood in 2014. A local community board rejected McCarthy's proposal, banning him from reapplying for a minimum of five years. His most recent proposal was approved by New York City Council this past year. But it's really cool to see that happen. The unveiling of Beastie Boys Square coincides with the ongoing celebration of hip-hop's 50th anniversary. So it's it's just a really cool convergence of all of this. A uh, New York City Council member, Christopher Marks, said that, as many of us know, once the Beastie Boys hit the scene, it really changed the hip-hop game. I see it as a celebration for the Lower East Side, a celebration for hip-hop, and especially a celebration for our community who has been organizing for a really long time to make this happen. And there's video of the guys there and this huge crowd of people all around as they unveil the new street sign that says Beastie Boys Square that goes directly below the actual street name street sign. So very cool thing that happened. I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan, and I'm glad that they, uh, I'm glad that this happened for them. 
And speaking of albums that, you know, oh my God, I can't believe it's been that long, Nirvana is going to be reissuing In Utero for its 30th anniversary with a host of unreleased concert recordings. It's going to be a massive, massive release. This is going to be coming out October 27th. The Unearthed songs include two complete live albums, Live in Los Angeles from 1993 and Live in Seattle, which documents the band's penultimate Seattle performance in 1994. To make them, the producer of their album Bleach, Jack and Dino, reconstructed the live tracks from stereo soundboard tapes. A handful of additional live recordings also feature in the set, along with Bob Weston's remaster of the original album and five bonus tracks and B-sides. The albums will be available digitally, of course, as well as an 8-LP box set, a 5-CD box set, an LP and 10-inch edition, and a 2-CD edition, available via Geffen Records. And again, that will be out October 27th. Here is a good example of a news story that has political overtones, uh, and I haven't heard from you guys yet on whether how you feel about these types of stories, but um, I'm going to cover this one anyway. And this is something that uh, sadly is political, however, should not be political. There's no place for politics in life and death situations, and this is about gun violence. Shouldn't be a political issue again, but uh, these uh, fucking politicians want to make it so. Anyway, Billie Eilish. Cheryl Crow and Peter Gabriel are just three of many musicians stepping up to protest gun violence by joining a coalition called Artists for Action to Prevent Gun Violence. With a mission to end the epidemic of shootings in the United States by encouraging volunteer work, donations, and voter turnout, perhaps the most important aspect of that, the coalition will officially launch September 22nd with the first of several live events at New York's Irving Plaza. Per Variety magazine, this first event will feature a live performance by Bush along with several other special guests. Its purpose will be to raise awareness not just for Artists for Action, but also for Sandy Hook Promise, a nonprofit founded by the families of some of the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting victims. Also part of Artists for Action, other artists include Nile Rodgers, Bootsy Collins, Rufus Wainwright, The Pixies, Old Crow Medicine Show, Hailstorm, Tedeschi Trucks Band. There's this whole long list of artists that are signing on for this, which is a, it's a wonderful cause. It's an important cause, a much needed cause. We've got to get gun violence under control in this country. As a parent myself, I'm fucking scared to death, basically every day, because of the epidemic of gun violence in the United States. And uh, as a parent, it's fucking terrifying. As a, as a citizen in general, even if I wasn't a parent, it would still be terrifying. But it's especially so for parents. And parents everywhere know exactly what I'm talking about. Because it is an epidemic. According to the Gun Violence Archive, the United States has seen 488 total mass shootings this year so far. This year so far. Oh, Jesus Christ, there's more than uh, four months left to go until the end of the year, and 29,520 people have died in gun violence-related incidents this year alone. So this is a worthy cause. You can learn more about this at the link in the newsletter. Moving on to another story decidedly less political in nature. Uh, anybody remember the band Keen? British band, they were huge uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, they're gearing up to celebrate the 20th anniversary of their debut album, Hopes and Fears. They've announced a new remastered version, which is dropping in May of next year, uh, exactly two decades after its initial release. And they were also going to support the record with an international arena tour next year. That's very cool. 
featuring a keyboard-driven sound and the breakout hit Somewhere Only We Know, which was a damn good song. I mean, is still a good, damn good song. Hopes and Fears uh, sold more than 10 million copies worldwide. In 2004, Keen were the biggest-selling British artist in the UK, and the following year, they landed uh, Brit Awards for Best British Album and British Breakthrough Act. Next year's tour will kick off on April 1st with shows in Mexico City and Guadalajara before Keen head over to the UK and Europe through mid-May. They'll pick back up in September with a North American leg, stopping in LA, Nashville, Chicago, Toronto, New York City, and many, many more cities. A Live Nation presale will begin on Thursday, September the 14th. You use access code STUDIO to buy those tickets. Uh, that's ahead of the general on-sale, which will kick off a day later. Everybody remembers the Osbournes, the TV show that ran from, uh, I think it was 2002 to 2005, which, you know, followed the uh, incredibly hilarious antics of Ozzy and his family. Well, did you know that they had a podcast as well? The Osbournes are set to revive their podcast after nearly a five-year hiatus. The second season of The Osbournes Podcast, featuring Ozzy, Sharon, and their kids Jack and Kelly, launches on September 12th. As everyone knows, Ozzy's health hasn't been the best over the last few years, uh, but thank God he's still with us. And uh, even though he had to cancel his headlining slot at the Power Trip Festival later this year, he's, uh, he's definitely up for this podcast. So the second season will be out September 12th, and that is going to be really fun to listen to. Be sure to check that out. One of the greatest new wave bands to come out of the 80s, Devo, have announced a career-spanning box set covering the full half-century of the group's existence. 50 Years of De-Evolution, 1973-2023, is out on October 20th via Rhino Records. A limited edition, 4LP edition uh, set comes with a foldable paper replica of the group's signature red energy domes, the, the cool hats that they wear on stage. Devo was actually formed by uh, Mark Mothersbaugh back in the 70s, but, you know, they blew up in the early 80s, and they've been making music ever since. So this is really exciting. There's also a forthcoming documentary about the group that will be out in the next year or so, so a lot of Devo stuff for, for Devo fans. That's pretty exciting. Fans of singer-songwriter Mitski will be happy to know that she has announced a string of intimate North American acoustic shows in support of her upcoming album, The Land is Inhospitable and So Are We. Dubbed Amateur Mistake, the tour includes performances in Mexico City. It kicks off tomorrow, as a matter of fact, in Mexico City. Shows in Los Angeles, New York, and Toronto throughout the month of September. Then in October, she heads over to Europe. So if you're a fan of Mitski, be sure to hit the link up in the newsletter and find out if she's coming anywhere near you. Everyone knows that uh, last week, the great Jimmy Buffett passed away, and uh, this week in the news, the posthumous Jimmy Buffett album is set for release in November. As expected, he was always working right up to the very end. He was working on this final album uh, right before his death last week, and this album will be released this fall. It's due out November 3rd. The album will be titled Equal Strain on All Parts, and uh, it features guest turns from the Preservation Hall jazz band Emmylou Harris, uh, Angelique Kids and uh, Paul McCartney plays bass on a single uh, that was just released. It's out on streaming platforms everywhere now titled My Gummy Just Kicked In. 
Two other new songs, Bubbles Up and Like My Dog, are also out on streaming platforms everywhere today. Paul McCartney recently raved about uh, one of the songs in an Instagram post that he was paying tribute to Jimmy, who succumbed to a four-year battle with cancer on September 1st. Gosh, that's been... 10 days ago. It doesn't feel like it's been that long ago, but uh, Jimmy Buffett was 76. Paul McCartney said, I told him that not only was the song great, but the vocal was probably the best I've heard him ever sing. He turned a diving phase that is used to train people underwater into a metaphor for life. This is with regards to the song Bubbles Up. When you're confused and you don't know where you are, just follow the bubbles and they'll take you up to the surface and straighten you out right away. So that'll be a nice album release to look forward to. Again, that's due out November the 3rd. I really hate these news stories about our, our musical heroes and legends getting older. It really sucks. I mean, it happens to the best of us, and getting older is certainly better than the alternative. Uh, however, anyway, Bruce Springsteen has had to postpone his September 2023 concerts due to peptic ulcer disease symptoms that he's suffering from. They've postponed the remainder of the dates for this month. According to uh, his doctor, he's currently undergoing treatment for peptic ulcer disease, and this was the decision of his medical advisors that he had to uh, take a break from the road. He and the E Street Band are set to return to the stage Friday, November 3rd at Vancouver's Rogers Arena. Back in March, Springsteen had to cancel several shows due to illness without disclosing who is ill or with what. Uh, which actually leads to something I just learned about, that uh, artists have tour insurance, right? And things will happen on a tour, especially a massive scale tour like uh, someone like Springsteen is on. And uh, things will inevitably happen. All sorts of things are covered under these tour insurance policies. However, uh, I just recently learned that if a cancellation is due to an artist having COVID or someone in the band or the, the crew having COVID and they have to cancel the performance, COVID is not covered in these tour insurance policies. So the artist, the production company and everything can be out a tremendous amount of money if that happens. I just felt that was uh, both really interesting and total bullshit, you know, but it's insurance. I mean, when has insurance ever been fair? Anywho, we wish the boss well and hope that he's back to good health and back out on the road real, real soon. Speaking of bands canceling performances due to illness, uh, because that's how they have to put it. If they say due to illness, I believe there's like HIPAA laws, privacy laws in place where you, you, they don't have to disclose the nature of the illness. So if, if it's COVID, you don't have to say it's COVID. You can just say it's due to unspecified illness and they can't force you to say that it was COVID and therefore cancel on your uh, tour insurance plan anyway. Guns N' Roses have also postponed concerts uh, this week due to an unspecified illness, uh, saying to hang on to your tickets. They will reschedule dates later in the future, and uh, or tickets will be eligible for a refund. So uh, this harkens back to what I was saying last week, that COVID's back. It's a thing. It's blowing up again. Doctor's offices, emergency rooms, uh, urgent cares, all of those are filling up again. So everybody should be masking. Everybody should make sure you've got your latest boosters and, uh, and all that good shit, because yeah, it's happening to everybody, including your favorite rock stars. Got some Smashing Pumpkins news. Smashing Pumpkins will commemorate the 30th anniversary of their seminal album, Siamese Dream, by restaging their 1993 release concert. 
From September 14th to the 17th, Madame Zuzu's, the tea shop and art studio in Illinois, co-founded by frontman Billy Corgan and uh, his wife Chloe Mandel, will be transformed into a recreation of Tower Records, where the original Siamese Dream release show was held. The weekend will conclude with the band playing two acoustic sets featuring the same set list they played at Tower Records at midnight on July 27th, 1993, the day of the record's release. One of the shows, one of these acoustic shows, will take place at 6 p.m. and the other at 9 p.m. So anyway, that's very cool. If you are anywhere in the Chicagoland area, specifically the Highland Park area of Chicago, on those dates and you would like to go see those shows, you should do that. Siamese Dream was their second album, but arguably one of their best albums. So to see the uh, set performed like it was performed back then when it was released would be uh, would be super, super cool. Elder Emos Rejoice! Fallout Boy have announced a 2024 tour across the United States with Jimmy Eat World. I uh, was never a Fallout Boy fan, but I was and still am a fan of Jimmy Eat World, so uh, I'd like to go just to see them. Titled So Much for Tour Dust, uh, tour is spelled two, the number two O-U-R. It kicks off February 28th next year in Portland and will hit cities like Seattle, Austin, New York City, Pittsburgh, and Nashville before wrapping up in April in Minneapolis. A Live Nation pre-sale begins Thursday, September 14th. Again, use access code STUDIO ahead of the general on-sale, which is slated for Friday, September 15th via the evil ticket behemoth that everyone loves to hate Ticketmaster. They will actually kick the tour off in October of this year over in Europe before they'll head back over here to the States to conclude the tour next year. And I just named off some of the major cities they're going to hit, but there's going to be probably a good uh, 20 shows or more here in the States. So be sure to check the link in the newsletter and find out if this tour is going to make a stop anywhere near you. At the top of the show, I mentioned that Bob Dylan was in the news. In 1978, Dylan began his world tour with three shows at Tokyo's Nippon Budokan. Uh, the Nippon Budokan is an iconic indoor arena in Tokyo. It was uh, constructed for the 1974? 64. 64 Summer Olympics. The, the name Budokan translates to Martial Arts Hall. Notably, it has hosted numerous famous music acts, making it a symbol of both traditional martial arts and contemporary entertainment in Japan. Anyway, after three concerts in Osaka, Dylan returned to Nippon Budokan for five more shows. Audio from two of the shows was captured for the live album Bob Dylan at Budokan. Dylan is now revisiting his time in Tokyo for the complete Budokan 1978. The new collection features all of the songs played on those two nights at Nippon Budokan. Bob Dylan at Budokan has long been revered by Dylan fans as a fantastic performance uh, from that era, and now this new complete Budokan collection is out on November 17th via Columbia Records, and the album features restored, remixed, and remastered recordings from those Tokyo concerts. In some rather sad news from this week in rock, Gary Wright, the singer of the uh, 70s hit Dreamweaver, everybody knows that song, Uh, he was also a close collaborator of George Harrison, he has passed away at the age of 80 years old. He passed away last Monday, September 4th, due to complications from Parkinson's disease and Lewy body dementia. That is the same thing that Robin Williams was suffering from. His most famous uh, solo release came in 1975 with The Dreamweaver that everybody knows, and... uh, 
most people love. But he continued making music into the uh, the later decades, uh, beginning in the early 2000s or the mid-2000s. He toured with Ringo Starr as a member of his all-star band. And in 2014, he published his memoir, Dreamweaver, Music, Meditation, and My Friendship with George Harrison. And again, he passed away at the age of 80 years old. Every week, the Zappagram podcast and newsletter comes out with an episode number. This is 73, but there's also a title that accompanies every show and every newsletter. This week's was Master of Puppies, which brings us to our final story for this week. Metallica played a pair of concerts at LA area SoFi Stadium last weekend. At the second gig that happened on Sunday, a doggy was present to take in the Metal Legends Always Enjoyable Live show. A husky dog named Storm belonged to a family in Inglewood near the stadium. Somehow, she made her way into Sunday's show. That is one smart doggy. Uh, initial reports suggested the dog had been abandoned, but according to a message from Metallica, she merely snuck out of her home and into SoFi Stadium for the festivities. She's since been returned to her owners safely. No word yet on whether she responds to the phrase, Obey your master. There is even a picture of Storm sitting in a seat in the arena, literally staring at the stage. It's the cutest thing ever. Metallica left a uh, message online that said, uh, You may have heard that we had a four-legged fan join us for our show. Despite reports to the contrary, our friend Storm snuck out of her home adjacent to SoFi Stadium and made her way to the gig all by herself. After a full night taking in the show with her Metallica family, Storm was safely reunited with her actual family the next day. She had a great time listening to her favorite songs, including Bark Eterna, Master of Puppies, and The Mailman That Never Comes. By all accounts, she had a doggone good time. Hey, listen, that's going to wrap it up for this week in music news, but be sure to stick around. There is plenty of show yet to come. <laughs> Every week there's a segment of this show and, and a section of the Zappagram newsletter that I uh, recommend things that I want you to check out. I call it Z-Rex, Zappa's Recommendations. Uh, see, it's funny because it's like T-Rex except Z. Rexy, it's it's not funny if you have to explain the joke. Anyway, one of the things that I wanted to bring everyone's attention to this week, in case you missed it, this past week, I released a new interview that I did with Butch Bastard. Butch Bastard's album, Las Vegas Salvation, came out at the end of April of this year, April 28th to be exact, and, uh, and I heard it and I said, this is my album of the year. This is the best damn album I've heard all year long so far, and this was at the end of April, like I said. Now, here we are already well into September, and I'm sticking by that. It is still my album of the year. And I was fortunate enough to get a chance to sit down and talk with him about the new album, about making music in general, about the tour that he just went on with Father John Misty. It's a great interview and I really want everyone to go and listen to it. That's out now. The link for that is in the newsletter as well. You can find that if you follow Zappagram on your you know podcast platform of choice. It's available everywhere. I mentioned earlier about the uh, Beastie Boys Square dedication, and I have a link in there as well for you to go and watch uh, Adam Horvitz and Mike D speak during the dedication ceremony for Beastie Boys Square in uh, New York City's Lower East Side. That's in there as well. It's about an eight-minute clip or so. It's not terribly long, but it's uh, it's good to see them and uh, nice to sort of be a part of that dedication, even if we weren't able to physically be there in person. 
In addition to that, there's a great article this past week in Rolling Stone, The Songs That Made Tom York Cry. The Radiohead singer talks uh, vocal technique, his favorite singers, and more, including the time he got so high he forgot his own song. This is in an excerpt from Jason Thomas Gordon's upcoming book, The Singer's Talk. He actually does a real deep dive into into Tom York's vocal technique and talks to him all about uh, uh, singing, so it's pretty interesting. It's a great read. It's kind of a long read, but it's a worthy read, especially if if you're a fan of Radiohead. And lastly, in Z-Rex, I have links in there for anyone who wants to donate to those devastated by the Maui wildfires. You can still donate to them via the Hawaii Community Foundation, the Maui United Way, or the Maui Food Bank. And if you are able to help them out, please help them out. Any, anything you can give will be of great assistance to them. There were some great new releases dropped this past week. Allison Russell's album, The Returner, is out. Everclear put out a live album, Live at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Fleetwood Mac also dropped a live album, Rumors Live. That was from a 1977 concert when you may say they were at their peak. James Blake put out a new album, Playing Robots Into Heaven, which is uh, really good. Jonathan Wilson, uh, one of my favorite artists and uh, producers extraordinaire, he just dropped a new album, Eat the Worm. That whole thing is really good. And of course, everyone is talking about Olivia Rodrigo's sophomore album, Guts, which uh, it's uh, I may not be her target audience, but I do appreciate uh, her music quite a bit. And there's a couple of really good songs on that album that I like. I may be featuring those on the playlist next week. Okay, now this brings us to the release radar, which is uh, an exciting part of the show because it's when I'm telling you about what's coming up over the next 30 to 45 days in terms of new music releases, music reissues, etc, etc. We've got a ton of stuff coming up this fall. So far uh, announced for September 15th next week, new albums come from Baroness, The Beaches, a band I'm particularly excited about, Bonnie Tyler as a vinyl reissue of Faster Than the Speed of Night, Brian Setzer putting out new music, Explosions in the Sky have a new album coming out. A vinyl reissue of Huey Lewis and the News' sports album. Uh, Illiterate Light, my buddies in Illiterate Light are putting out a new EP titled Aloe. Mitski has a new album, The Land is Inhospitable, and so are we. The Pretenders have a new album called Relentless. S. Carey and John Raymond, who have a song featured on the playlist this week, have a new album coming out called Shadowlands, and Shaky Graves is dropping Movie of the Week. All of that happens this coming Friday, September 15th. September 22nd, one of my favorite bands, uh, upcoming bands out of the UK, Bleach Lab, have a new album, Lost in a Rush of Emptiness, that's coming out. The Breeders are reissuing Last Splash for the 30th anniversary of that album. Uh, Devandra Banhart has a new album, Jenny Owen Young's. Neil Young has a vinyl reissue of Harvest Moon, which is coming out. The New Pornographers are uh, issuing a vinyl reissue of Electric Version. Uh, The Replacements... Tim, Let It Bleed Edition is coming out, and Soccer Mommy has a new EP called Karaoke Night. All of that the following Friday, September 22nd. Now, September 29th, we've got new albums coming from Animal Collective, Blonde Redhead, Bryce Dresner uh, of national fame and big collaborator with Taylor Swift as of late. Dan Auerbach is doing a vinyl reissue of his Keep It Hid album, his first solo album, which is a damn good album. Ed Sheeran has a new album coming out. My friends and friendship commanders are releasing their new album Mass. I'm very excited for that too. The Grateful Dead have a 50th anniversary deluxe edition of Wake of the Flood that's coming out. Green Day has a 30th anniversary deluxe edition of Dookie. 
Gunship has a new album. Uh, Jason Isbell has a 10th anniversary reissue of Southeastern, his debut solo LP. Say She She has a new album. Steely Dan has a vinyl reissue for Asia. And Wilco's new album, Cousin, is out September 29th. Lastly, October the 6th, we have new albums coming from Blonde Shell, the digital deluxe edition of her debut album, Dog Star, Keanu Reeves' band, Somewhere Between the Power Lines and Palm Trees, Heat Miser, Elliot Smith's first band, Husker Du, Ilzy, Incubus, Joni Mitchell, Meat Puppets, have a new live album, Omar Apollo, Sufjan Stevens, and Van Halen, The Collection 2. They already released The Collection 1. That was sort of a uh, greatest hits sort of uh, plus deep cuts collection of their time with David Lee Roth. The Collection 2 is their time with Sammy Hagar. So all of that is coming out October 6th. All of that music I just talked about is coming out in the next 30 to 45 days. That's a whole lot of stuff to listen to, but I will be listening to as much of it as I can, and I will let you guys know what is worth your precious time. Because your time is precious, and that is all the more reason why I am very grateful that you spend this time with me every week. I hope I make it worth your while. I hope I tell you about all the best stuff in the world of music, and where else are you going to hear stories about dogs sneaking into Metallica concerts? This brings us to our final segment on this date, musical happenings of historical significance, or as I like to say, historical happenings of musical significance. On September the 11th, we celebrate the birthdays of Mickey Hart, drummer for the Grateful Dead, Moby, Harry Connick Jr., and Richard Ashcroft of The Verve. Again, The Verve featuring on this week's playlist. That same day, September 11th in 1977, David Bowie recorded a guest appearance on Bing Crosby's TV show, duetting with Crosby on Peace on Earth, Little Drummer Boy. Everybody has probably seen that. Everybody gets to see that around Christmas time every year. It still seems a bit of a weird duet all these years later. But anyway, 2019, September 11th, American songwriter Daniel Johnston died of a suspected heart attack at his home. Kurt Cobain once called him the greatest songwriter of all time, which, of course, is... uh, very arguable point, but nonetheless. September 12th, birthdays include the great Barry White, the great Neil Peart from Rush, Ben Folds, and Michael Paget of My Bloody Valentine. That same day, September 12th in 2003, Johnny Cash died of respiratory failure at the age of 71. September 13th, birthdays include Peter Cetera of Chicago, the musician-producer Don Was, uh, Stephen John Kilby of The Church, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth, and Stephen Perkins of Jane's Addiction. Oh, and Fiona Apple celebrates her birthday on September 13th as well. That same day in 1991, Geffen Records threw a party to launch Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. The band ended up being thrown out of their own record release party after starting Food Fight. (laughs) That sounds like them. Crazy wacky kids. That same day, September 13th, back in 2019, Eddie Money died of cancer at the age of 70. September 14th, birthdays include Morton Harkett of AHA, the band AHA, Take On Me, that's him, Mark Weber of the band Pulp, rapper Nas, and Amy Winehouse all celebrate birthdays on September 14th. That same day in 1968, Roy Orbison's house in Nashville burnt to the ground. His two eldest sons both died in the blaze. Orbison was on tour in the UK at the time of the accident. That is absolutely horrific. 
A lot of sad things happened in music history. On September the 15th, Johnny Ramone died in Los Angeles after a five-year battle with prostate cancer. That happened in 2004. In 2008, Pink Floyd keyboardist and founding member Richard Wright died, age 65. Rick Ocasek, lead singer of the Cars, was found dead in his New York City apartment at the age of 75 in 2019. That happened, and to jump back a little bit, in 2014, Apple released a tool to remove U2's new album from its customers' iTunes account six days after giving away the music for free. Some users had complained about the fact that their latest album, Songs of Innocence, had automatically been downloaded to their devices without their permission. I remember when that whole thing happened and the resulting fallout afterwards. You know, it was free music. I mean, granted, I was a fan of U2 already, but it was free music, and you think, like, you know... If you just if you don't like it, just delete it and shut up about it. But everybody had to get into a big hoopla about it and raise a big stink, and it really didn't go over well. Bono ended up apologizing for it years later, but um, it just goes to show you, people will complain about anything. September the 16th, we celebrate the birthdays of blues legend B.B. King and Richard Marks, also born on that day. September 16th in 1988, former Clash drummer Topper Heaton was released from jail after serving 10 months of a 15-month sentence on a narcotics charge. And lastly, on September 17th, we celebrate the birthday of Hank Williams, Australian film director Boz Luhrmann, who has made some great movies with some really great soundtracks. Music always features prominently in his films. Keith Flint of The Prodigy was also born on that date. And September 17th of 1967, The Doors were banned from The Ed Sullivan Show after Jim Morrison broke his agreement with the show's producers. Morrison said before the performance that he wouldn't sing the words, Girl, We Couldn't Get Much Higher from Light My Fire, but he did it anyway. Uh, They also performed their new single, People Are Strange. If there was one thing you were not going to do, it was uh, censor Jim Morrison. I believe it was also that performance in which he changed one of the lines instead of come on baby light my fire it was come on baby bite my wire Hey, everybody, that's going to do it for another week of Zappagram. That was a really long show, wasn't it? There was a lot to get through this time around. It was a longer show than normal. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you learned some new things. I hope that you are excited about some of the new music that's out, some of the new music that's coming out. Be sure to listen to all of it. Uh, Be sure to check out my interview with Butch Bastard. That's out right now. And uh, I need everybody to go listen to that and support him. Listen to his new album, Las Vegas Salvation. Visit butchbastard.com and check out everything he's got to offer there. Uh, Take care of one another. Be good to one another. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And uh, until we get back together again next week, same bat time, same bat channel, I'm your host, Chris Appa, and I am out of here.